1: Welcome to Episode 1 of Inherit the Sand, our Dune Adventures in the Imperium limited miniseries. Episode 1! Nothing better than the first ep! Uh, I hope everybody caught our character creation slash house creation session we did a couple weeks ago, Uh, but now this is prime time, Friday night, 8pm Eastern. This is the big dance, and this is a really unique project for us because it's something we've never done. Uh, We know it's going to be 10 episodes, and I'm going to be running uh, the first five, and then uh, uh, new GM to the network, Jared Logan, will be running the second five. And this idea Came about because we wanted to do a collaboration uh, with playing Dune. Like the second it came out, we were talking to Modiphius, they put out this amazing, beautiful book, and we're like, We've got to do something. We had all these grandiose ideas of what we were going to do, and just uh, through time and whatnot, everything had to change. And I said to myself, what if we did something where I ran five sessions and we just focused on one house and then Jared, you take over and a lot of time has passed. So maybe these characters will be dead. Maybe they will be older or maybe you will have changed to take on another character. Who knows how much time will pass? But we're doing is so much about generations and, and history. I think what a, this will be such a fun way to play this game, uh, with, with the same characters, uh, Changed in many ways, and that change is going to be determined by the actions our players take over the course of these first five eps. And speaking of those players, let me introduce to you the best cast of role players that has ever been assembled in one place and skid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Skid is the best. Uh, Thank you. First off, let me introduce uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, she is great, and uh, I'm so thankful she hasn't got tired of, of us yet. Uh, Nora Ibrahim. Nora, <laughs> you look amazing!
2: Thank you! Thank you. I've got my creepy contacts in because the spice must flow.
1: It I'm must. I'm excited. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I think most of our listeners uh, and, and viewers know who you are, but there might be a lot of new people watching tonight—thousands uh, upon thousands. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Where can we find you to watch everything else that you're doing?
2: Uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, my name is Nora Ibrahim. You could find me at Neurological on. Uh, most social media, blah, 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 social media platforms, I <laughs> could speak today. Um, and you can find me streaming with Becca on Black Dice Society, on the official Dungeons & Dragons channels. Um, you can find me on Realmsmith on Mondays for their Into the Mist, um, Curse of Strahd campaign, and also for the Tides of Wildmount campaign. Um, I stream a lot. I think everything's still kind of on hiatus except for those two right now, but follow me on stuff and... I, I stream very often.
1: This That's the only life. reason you had time to slum it with us. Because everything else is on hiatus.
2: It's never slumming. I love you guys. Uh,
1: yeah, well, you you put us all to shame uh, with this costume. Uh, although, uh, talk about a great costume. Introducing the amazing Becca Scott. Becca Scott!
3: Oh, I thought you were going for Skid with the costume line. Yeah, yeah I can <laughs> assure skids, you he
1: was not. That's Skid's Hello, new piece.
3: Hello, <laughs> listeners and viewers. My name is Becca Scott, and uh, I do the same kind of stuff Nora does. them all over the internet playing role playing games. I also run my own channel it's called good time society youtube.com slash good time society you can find me streaming on my own twitch channel i'm a correspondent for magic the gathering i also do a lot of content for DD like the black dice society and um i am a board game tutorial person so you can also find that on good time society and uh yeah who knows what else is to
2: come Oh we're Everything also on Champions different. of the Realms together. I that just my yeah, mind my mind just blanked and I was like, What stuff am I doing? But yes, we both are on that too. Yeah. You thought
3: D and D was a cooperative game? No no no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: <laughs>
3: Watch it player v that- player with me commentating to the best of my ability. <laughs> It was a joy. It's really great. Uh, I really enjoyed
4: watching Nura beat uh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, That was very fun. Just a little salty. It was Uh, just a
3: little salty. Just a tad. Yeah. I've never heard anyone scream so many profanities in a single (laughs) combat phase. So that was a joy. Yeah, Uh, that's me.
1: Let me ask you this: How do the two of you explain what you do to your parents at Thanksgiving? (laughs) I'm a board game tutorial person.
3: (laughs) I love. Watching my mother explain it. Uh, my dad actually <laughs> tunes in and like understands, uh, more or less. And um, my mom does a great job of, oh, Becca's an actor. She does all kinds of things on the internet. And people know who she is if in a
2: very specific niche scenario. <laughs> she sings my praises even though she doesn't understand it. <laughs>
4: Sounds familiar. Same. It
2: took my mom years. I like years of me explaining every single time we sat down to dinner together and she'd be like, what is it? Those things you do with the games that you play and whatever. And then it, I think she had eventually, it took her a couple of years to do it, but she eventually caught uh, some YouTube program, like stuff that I was on. And then she's like, Oh, okay. She still can't explain what I do, but I think she kind of understands better, like what it is. (laughs) And acting in front of a green screen, mother.
1: Yeah, I'm a a professional. Yes. Uh, Yeah, it's always a treat to try and explain him. I was like, ah, I'm I'm a derelict. I do. I don't do anything. Uh, It's too hard to explain. I'm on the radio. I'm on the radio. <laughs> the morning drive. Uh, next up is, uh, uh, I, don't know, I can't call you a new friend anymore because we've, we've known each other for a couple years now and I, am, I, I think I joked about this whether on air or off air. Uh, one of the most exciting things about uh, the Stream of Blood team joining the Glass Cannon Network uh, was to have you come over and the joke was that's the only reason that we made this deal was to get Ross. Uh, Ross Bryant, everybody.
0: Ross, how the hell are you? Oh, i 'm doing great uh, Troy. Thank you uh, for having me and uh, oh man what, what a joy it is that um this this great great corporate merger has taken place. <laughs> These two amoebas have devoured one another and become more than the sum of their parts i 'm um, uh, doing good uh, for those of you listening or watching who don 't know who the hell I am. Um, I'm, I'm an actor and an improviser uh, out in Los Angeles, so I never have any trouble explaining what I do to my parents. And um, <laughs> you can see me uh, uh, touring with the uh, various uh, comedy shows around the country. You can find about that I'm on uh, Twitter at Ross Bryant or Instagram at Ross BB. And, uh, and I, love, uh, I love playing these games. They really saved my brain over the course of the pandemic. And as you can see, I've fully taken the deep dive (laughs) and am now addicted to them, much like if someone becomes addicted to the geriatric spice melange after (laughs) after a few tastes, they cannot give it up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> had you ever played any rpgs before like uh jared and clint roped you in and started having you play stuff
0: no but they happened offline though but that, that was they're basically my first gaming group so what a wonderful crew to learn from wow. and then and then when they started it they uh kindly roped me in and the rest is history
1: you're like when an nfl player just decides to like snowboard and is amazing <laughs> and then snowboard like like, Williams is just like
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna surf from now yeah, on yeah <laughs> yes Bo knows Call of Cthulhu <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> uh, and, and last but not least uh, he is uh, one of the founding members of the Glass Cannon Network one of my closest friends and uh, a phenomenal role player uh, who who got me back into Dune uh, by saying will you just read it Uh you for Power Skidmar. of Shame Yes, it was shame. It was mostly shame.
4: How you doing, buddy? I'm real good. I'm very excited. Uh, I am also wearing an outfit, uh, which I can explain <laughs> as we go. Uh, really excited. I I love I love Dune. I love the I love the world. I really like the game system that I kind of got a taste of with the Star Trek adventures. And I'm really excited to be working with Ross and Nora again. We haven't done it very much, and with Becca for the first time. I'm really, really excited for that. I thought you were going
1: to oddly leave Becca out. Yeah, i hey, was going like, I'm really <laughs> excited to work with Ross and, <laughs> yeah. Nora. and Nora. Becca's and also here. Have, <laughs> English. <laughs> English. Yeah. <laughs> Uh well yeah, this is this is this is exciting. It's also a little bit terrifying, uh, because I I, and I said up this during character creation. I've just been living with this book and then before we started uh, recording, you guys were like, Can we just go over the rules real quick? And I started telling you the rules and I'm like this is this is gonna be tricky. But skid, you played Star Trek on New Game Who Dis last year. Two D twenty system. I know other people watching, if you haven't played Star Trek, probably played Conan. Conan's a two D twenty. Uh it is. It's it, it both simple and and somehow very confusing because it's just so vastly different from Pathfinder and D anD D. Did you feel it was tricky to play or run, or was was the type of thing like you got into it? And you were like, oh yeah, this makes sense.
4: No, uh, no, I was super stressed out before yeah. we started playing, and it's. Like, I was trying. We were kind of talking about it before we started, but. It's not really complex, especially not compared to something like Pathfinder or even 5e, I think. It's just that the systems are so different from what we're all used to. It's the, like trying to get low numbers on a d20 for successes and mm-hmm. there's just some like concepts that just don't really match up with some of the other things that I've played. But I found that once I've been you training
3: actually my d20s to roll high for Decades.
4: I know. It's like the D twenties themselves are going to be so confused. It's like, what do you want me? <laughs> yeah. Uh but although finally Norse Foundry will be pulling their weight, I I I assume. Um But uh but no, I feel I think it's really conducive to kind of narrative storytelling in in a cool way. And there's the cool kind of uh tension to the give and take between like threat and momentum, threat that the GM builds up and momentum that the players can get and the way they it's the 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 way the economy works with that is leads to some really fun situations and i i'm really excited to get into it again i'm
1: hopefully we'll feel more comfortable by the end of this episode I think so. I, I think a lot of times, especially with a new game, there's a lot of trepidation, like, bah, we're going to get everything right. We're not going to get everything right. But like, that's, that's the only way you learn how to play is by jumping in and then, uh, having, uh, Reddit posters tell you what a terrible person you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Reddit posters, it's the only so. way. It's oh, the only way to learn. Those um, YouTube
3: comments. You <laughs> never learn anything without them.
1: <laughs> you chose that word in a YouTube comment. You could have said any other word. Damn, um, Misty <laughs> Step being a bonus action. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's talk about these characters but then i'm i'm, I'm ready to kind of jump right in um we we built them, and uh, then we had uh, an artist, uh, Will Potorf. Am I saying that correctly, Ross? Is it Potorf? It's Potorf. 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 God, Potorf uh, made these amazing uh, character art, and then uh, a house crest that has actually changed from uh, character creation just in some emails back and forth. We'll get to that in a second. Actually, no, we'll open with the house crest, uh, because originally you guys were thinking about doing a, a butterfly that looked like an H, but then in some emails back and forth since our character session, because we've just been geeking out uh, ever since we recorded that, uh, Skid, you suggested something else. W- what did you say? Well,
4: I just, I had the idea that uh, I thought of the the Roman god of thresholds, uh, Janus, Janus, and the way that the, the similar kind of themes that that has with the, the uh the what do you call it? The the masks, the the, the comedy, uh, comedy, comedy and, and drama masks. masks yeah. yeah, there's some there's some like term for that. I can't remember. But I was like, if we could merge those two, I thought of the Janus logo from the like Criterion collection. Hmm. If we could merge that with the uh, comedy and drama masks, it'd be good because it would sort of link our connection to the world world of the theater and our association with intrigue and espionage like the the secrecy of it, the two faces uh so i th- i thought i thought that would
5: be cool that was that yeah was,
1: and I your fellow that. players seem to uh get excited about it as well so check out the house crest here uh that our good buddy behind the scenes grant will be throwing up <clears throat> of house who dean uh Ooh. Will, will nailed it uh i love it uh, it just uh, it, it it very similar to that Criterion collection crest, but uh, it's kind of like a space version, uh, a futuristic version of the comedy and tragedy masks. Yes, something that reveals but also conceals. Yes, yes exactly, much, much like us. It's so yeah, I,
3: sinister sort mm-hmm, of, yes. which really means left-handed. So um, I take that back because I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. And also, you can see that there's this one curl of hair they both share, and the tragedy. Has more of a receding hairline, so that's what tragedy I, can do to that's, you.
1: That's part that's of the tragedy. That—that's yeah. that, that, the secret tragedy of this entire adventure.
0: <laughs> I, uh, and, I, and we were talking earlier about like naming the naming the um, the planet, the home world of the of the uh, of this house. And I'll yes. just I'll just throw a pitch out that I think the name the names of the masks are associated. I, th- I after just a brief look up, I think with the uh, with the classical muses, Talia and Melpomene. The muse of comedy and uh, tragedy, respectively, and both of those are great planet. Oh, yeah, those are good. They are. Those are classic.
3: Twin Mm. planets.
0: A twin worlds
1: of Talia and Melpomene. Yeah, or maybe like
4: a a, yeah, planet and a moon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you spell that, Ross? Because I'll add it right to the character sheet here on the house Uh, record sheet. uh, Talia is T H um, A L I A,
0: and uh, Melpomene is M E L P O M E N E. Think, it's
1: great. Oh, wow! Okay. That is such a great idea. Like, uh, you know, you you were in control of two planets, and, and now you might have to come up with the stories. Like, how did they get in charge of two moons or two planets? Uh, very, very cool. Uh, do you, That comment alone makes every other gaming group very jealous. Uh, <laughs> well, is,
3: which is our moon and which is our planet? I mean, Maybe. are we? Uh, Let's see. Is this a tragedy or a comedy?
0: Yeah, maybe Talia is the is the is the lush and verdant planet, whereas the the more barren uh, Melpomene is the is the moon. Yeah, I
4: like, I like that. It.
3: Which probably has a prison camp.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's yeah, that,
3: that's
4: sad. A, a, bl- a black site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I also like it because Talia was the name of my stepmother's cat when I was in uh, <laughs> middle middle school.
1: So. <laughs> Uh, Alright, so I have this uh, we're, we're using Roll20 for this uh, I bought the uh, the Roll20 Dune Adventures in the Imperium set and it's great, uh, so I rebuilt all of your character sheets in there and uh, the house sheet is here as well so <clears throat> the house name is House Houdin uh, I think Skid was the one that suggested like go with Houdini's original name, House Houdin uh, Your homeworlds is Talia the planet and Melpomene the moon uh, You are a house miner um, You could be uh Something lower than that Like a nascent house Or a major house We went with house minor um, So you're you're an up and coming house That hopefully will one day Be one of the major houses Of the Lonstrad But right now You're a house minor And what does that mean Mechanically It means I start with Four points of threat Which is uh, You're already behind The eight ball your traits are meticulous and elusive. So, both, one each aligning with your uh, domains. And your domains, your primary domain, is artistic with a specialization in uh, machi- machinery, more specifically set design. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your front. Uh, but it's also like the thing you're best at in the universe. And then your secondary uh, domain is espionage. Uh, produce information and secrets. You were originally thinking about maybe going the assassination route, but no. The set design is your, your thing you're focusing on. The thing that you'd really like to be involved in is information and secrets. The idea of a secondary domain is like it's something everyone is trying to monopolize. Um, and, you know, only one will survive uh, to do that. Now let's talk about the characters. We'll start with the head of house. We'll start with the, the Duchess herself. Uh, let's see an image of Duchess D'Alessa Houdin. This is great. So, so cool.
3: That is I. Mm.
1: What do we need to know about uh, the commander of House Houdin? You are a, a, a lone commander.
3: Yes, naturally. Uh, I, I'm i drawn to power. It was what my training taught me. Naturally, I am Bene Gesserit. Now, there aren't many Bene Gesserit leaders of the house. For the most part, the Bene Gesserit, we keep to the shadows, we... Uh, our consorts, concubines, wives, turning the heads and the ears the way we want them to be turned. But I... Well, things didn't go that way. I am the child of a Bene Gesserit, and when my father passed and my mother was taken, um, the house was fallen to me. And I have ruled it to my liking. Uh, Obviously, my harem is... Has a full dance card, um, <laughs> <clears throat> one could say, and well, uh, I'm concerned mostly with the Bene Gesserit maintaining their hold on the Imperium, protecting those of House Houdin, and I'm interested in in truth. I'm, of course, as a leader, have quite a bit of power in communication and inspiring those under my command uh, in commanding them because of course I have mastered the power of
1: the voice
3: (laughs) (laughs) along with my Branabindu conditioning I am ready for anything that House Rudine may face
1: Awesome. Were you wearing that face covering the entire time we started the stream, or did it just come down? <laughs> Please don't ever take it off. It's it just mistake. descended. Yeah, for
4: those listening, uh, Becca and Nora both look
1: incredible right now. Uh, Skid is, sorry, skin is skin. selling himself really short. Is, right now. And Ross well, has a dinner party after this. right?
3: has plans. So
0: fitting this in between cocktails.
3: Well, for the listening only. Audience. I uh, should describe my personage, I suppose. <laughs> Delessa Houdin is tall, um, a very fierce facial structure, often hidden by the sort of black mesh bejeweled face covering that you often see Benny Gesserit wearing. She has these, always an elaborate. Um, hairstyle in her red hair that is long and straight but with um some sort of like a a pompadour buns on the top of her head always and lots of jewels wearing a red dress and um gold palt apple ep- epaulettes? Appalettes. Appalettes? What is called? yeah, yeah, was, yeah. she's bejeweled
1: <laughs> she's bedazzled yeah uh well let's talk about your uh your resident chief diplomat, your envoy, uh, your mentat, Aurelius de Grom. Uh, let's see that artwork. That is that is spectacular. <laughs> I made a joke before we went live that it looks like Chucky's dad from Rugrats. <laughs> it's there. Uh, but the juice of Sappho is staining his lips. Tell us about Aurelius. What do we need to know?
4: Uh, Aurelius is a lifelong servant of House Houdin.
5: he is underwent rigorous mentat training and he is a uh, he is a diplomat of uh, the first order he is very obsequious and he is utterly devoted to the house itself and actually this is something that occurred to me while...
4: After what well, we were shooting emails back and forth after the character creation session. I think that he is probably conflicted because his, he has his utter devotion to the house, and by extension, to its head, uh, Delessa, right now, but I think that he is probably really worried about any dual allegiances that she might have as the head of house, as she said, which is quite rare for Benny Jesserit, to to her own house and to the order. And so I think it's something that is definitely like on his mind like all the time. It's just like he is doesn't quite know how this will play out.
3: Delessa is constantly assuaging his worries that her number one of priority is to the house.
4: Okay. Is it true? But see, but this is something he never shares. This is something he never shares. And I was gonna say that he, because she can because, just sense it though. She can right, sense it. Right, because here. she's a Benny Jesser, so yeah. I was thinking because I have that trait mind palace. And I know this isn't exactly like what the application is supposed to be, but you know, you have these elaborate sort of structures in your brain to sort of control memories and emotions and stuff. If, if he basically is taking all of those suspicions and placing them in a kind of vault, like in the mind palace to try to protect them from her gaze and her finding out. Uh, I thought, I thought that might be interesting, whether that's effective or not. I mean, she might, it might not be effective. She could know and not that let on or, or have let on or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, but that's that's sort of where where he's at right now. But yeah, he lives for how is because he's completely devoted, and there's nothing more than he loves in uh, deal making.
1: Let me ask you this: Did you serve her parents? Yes, yeah, you definitely. Okay. And yeah, I was thinking
4: too; it might be interesting, Becca, if you were not the the intended heir. Like if you had an older sibling who. Pass away somehow, and then you because they ended up uh, in as and you ended up as as the heir parent. Because ordinarily, yeah, if you were like a Benny Jesser, like you wouldn't have been probably like a raise in the Benny Jesser training if you were going to be the uh, intended heir of the house. So maybe, maybe that could have taken place at some point. That could be interesting.
3: I actually assumed control at the age of 16 because. Uh, my father's death was unexpected uh, at, at the tip of a poison snooper for those in the know in the house. This is not public knowledge between <laughs> other houses. Um, but, well, this will all come out in time.
1: Okay. I like uh, this, but, though, but you've but, been uh, working but, with them for a long time.
3: Yeah, my, my mother's Pranabindu, of course, she would have control over uh, which X or Y chromosome was accepted within her uterus. That's what prana Bidu do <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what it probably been do. <laughs> doo doo. Uh, let's talk about your swordmaster slash lover, uh, Corin, the ex-Fremen.
2: Yeah. Um. So Corin, for those of you uh, listening, Corin is a very tall. Uh, she's strong, but she's slender. Um. Fremen. She's very light on her feet. She's got this cat-like grace. Um, she has long, dark hair that's usually braided in a very elaborate um, updo. She has very, very bright blue eyes because of the spice. And uh, she wears... she Although she has a still suit, she went in the court and not needing to wear a still suit, she wears something similar. It's a very form-fitting... Um, black kind of catsuit type uh, outfit that has kind of long flowy uh, fabric flowing from the hips and a scarf around her neck. Um, at a very young age the uh, Order of the Bene Gesserit that was on Arrakis took interest in Corrin and made sure that she had a proper warrior's training. And um, and then in her early 20s, she was sent on a peacekeeping mission, sort of like an ambassador um, to uh, House Houdin, where she met um, D'Alessa and Corrin being a very loyal person um, by nature. She was immediately uh, loyal in her service, but then things got a little, got a little familiar. And uh, became <laughs> uh, became uh, one of Deleuze's lovers.
1: And now, do the Fremen back on Arrakis uh, are you like forbidden from your siege? Are you like not allowed because you're you you've aligned yourself with a house and kind of left your family behind?
2: Uh, I think there is something that Corrin does not know that the Bene Gesserit Order does know on the planet of Arrakis, she knows she has some purpose and it is i think it is understood within her close circles uh and with her family that she is only doing her duty hmm. so there is no ill will and there is there is a a greater purpose to her being there well,
1: that's good i'm sure there are fremen that are not in your family though that might look Disfavorably upon you You get to sit at these fancy tables and whatnot uh, sure. And they're, they're the ones not in the know
2: And you don't you're... get to tell everybody Everything that's Not everybody would know what's going on in your life But those close to her would know
1: Very cool uh, And and finally we have a very interesting character If you've read uh, uh, At least book two Of Dune You're, you're very quickly introduced to uh, A character such as Pharos. Ross, tell us about Pharos. Uh yes, um
0: if you were to if you were to come across Pharos, uh, working in the uh occupations of House Sudan, you probably find him uh aiding in the construction of elaborate stage apparatus, selecting a particular uh bolt of fabric to be <laughs> drawn in front of a uh, um a proscenium or a, uh making a uh, stage illusion for the night's opera as a as a sort of a stage manager of the house but maybe only the uh, duchess herself knows what pharos really is which is a genetically modified creature is he even human a face dancer of the Benetli laxu a civilization in this universe that are known as twisted mentats because they delve into genetic modification and manipulation. Uh, and one of their mysterious creations are these humanoid beings who can articulate their bodies to such an extent that they can assume the visage of anyone they choose. So, Pharos has come to the House Sudan to work for them. And the reason that might be, I think, is that uh, because the lelaxu are dealers in um, a very particular sort of product, perhaps the father or mother of uh, the Duchess de Lessa needed needed something that only uh, the lelaxu could provide—a um, prosthetic of some kind. Uh, perhaps, perhaps someone's eyes were deteriorating, and you needed replacements. Perhaps someone was deteriorating and you needed a replacement. And Pharos would have been a condition of payment. Of course we will do this for you. As long as um, he comes too. So Pharos has been installed in the house. Works as a uh, uh, at-large factotum for the, uh, for the household. But is also soaking up the secrets of the house to feed them back to the Duchess and is a, uh, a, a... No better word for it, a spy. Um, but, speaking of Janus and split loyalties, obviously, if there's a Tlilaxu here, Telessa isn't the only person that secrets are being funneled to. And, uh, <laughs> Pharos is undoubtedly a servant of two masters, but this, uh, balance is held delicately, because if it probably ever came out that someone like Pharos was working for this household, it would be a scandal. Mm. And, uh...
1: He'd be dead and the lesser would be disgraced. Very very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned the Tleilaxu Tle- or the B- Bene Tleilax like once, maybe twice, and doing the novel. I, I I can't remember if it hit the movies or, or whatnot. But right when you start doing Messiah, you are just thrown into this world of of who the Tlelaksu are, and it's very interesting. I'm I'm glad you chose this because I think it's going to add an extra element uh, to what we're doing. And, so... and, v- and
0: visually, just br- briefly, it just looks like a oh yeah. Looks like a little, a little uh, sleepy-eyed um, theater impresario. This little, <laughs> little pointy beard and and and, and hair, uh, sleepy-lidded uh, eyes—the
1: uh, sort of person you could tell almost anything. Well, we saw uh, Corin while we were talking about her. Let's take a look at uh, Pharos, if we haven't already. Uh, you you base this on someone, right? This is in your, <laughs> your human guise. We have That's to do right. a second drawing of your Tlelaxu visage. But who was this based on again? I, I was in my head. I
0: was like, this this looks like young Edward Gorey. If you've ever seen a picture <laughs> of, of Edward Gorey, the illustrator, um, he he looks like the sort of like the sort of characters that he draws. These sort of like. Uh, Edwardian patriarchs, <laughs> um, and uh, and and that's kind of what what Ferris looks like the sort of the sort of person who'd be lurking backstage at a at an opera house uh, picking lint off of someone's lapel
1: before they went on stage. <laughs> <sighs> this is awesome. So the 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 characters are set, and 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 I I can't remember if I said this before the stream or during already like there are other people in your house it's not just the three of you and there's a mechanical way to add those characters by building momentum and spending momentum to add assets but you know I, i'm more interested in 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 the story and, and the story we're going to tell if at any point you want to have an assistant or a counselor or a maybe a souk doctor that might be something you need to roll for if you want something specialized then you just say oh yeah this is this is johnny he's my the, my brother's kid he uh whatever you know and we'll add them to the house as we go because at the end of these five episodes before jared takes over we should have a much more elaborate history of these people and that's going to come out through gameplay and through improv um i tried to get eight hours of sleep last night to try and keep up with the four of you and i i still am uh completely petrified Uh, you guys are the best (laughs) role players in the game let's have some fun uh so, you know, the events of our story, I imagine, take place before the events of the novel Dune, or the movies, if you've seen the movies. Um, so, House Harkonnen rules over uh, the desert planet Arrakis, known to all as dune now there may be people watching this uh, who don't know dune and they've already they've already stopped watching uh, when we used all these fun terms but uh, <laughs> I, I, I there, I'm sure there's a lot of people are watching that like wanted to get into dune or like maybe a little bit into dune or don't know it at all so I don't think we can ever over explain these terms enough um, and and I'm a recent Duneophile, so I'm gonna screw up a bunch of things uh, deal with it that said uh, Dune, Arrakis's significance in the galaxy, cannot be overstated uh, as it is home to the spice melange, which is the most valuable commodity in the known universe. So let's say it's like five years before House Atreides will come to take over Arrakis, to kick off the Dune novel, um, Maybe there were even rumblings of such things happening uh, as rumors uh, spread fast throughout the streets of Arakeen, uh, as they do throughout the great houses that may make up the Landstrad. You know, you you have to imagine the the idea of the Harkonnens this this house known for their brutality and underhanded way of doing things. It just doesn't seem likely that they would willingly give up their stranglehold on Dune. Um, And and in fact, since our story is going to take place before the events of the novel, the world that we're playing in may look very different from the movies and from the book. Uh, Maybe Paul Atreides won't become the Kwisatz Kwisatz Haderach uh, and Emperor of the Universe. The choices that you make over the next five sessions that I run, will not only have potentials to change the Dune universe that everybody knows, but it's going to create kind of the setup for the story that Jared is going to tell when we move forward in time but uh, well, we don't want to friend. go too
3: far off canon because this will become canon for future movies that they make.
1: Right. Right. Listen, if if Legendary, Legendary are wants you to give listening? us a call, yeah. listen, i be happy to sell this idea. Uh, there's actually a very great danger that
4: we could destroy the existing movies that they could cease to exist because
1: <laughs> this to look is look
4: canonical to fade and
0: <laughs> from this timeline. Yeah. It'll, be like Marty McFly's, uh,
4: right. yeah. It'll be like Marty McFly's Polaroid of his of his brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be gone. <laughs>
1: I haven't played Dune here at this movie theater in 25 years.
2: <laughs>
1: Dune? Why, that burned down 40 years ago. <laughs> Atreides? Yeah, I knew what trade is. I haven't heard that name uh, in a long time. They're
3: happy and peaceful on Caladan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why, tonight's the anniversary.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talking our, about our the good- old Atreides place up on the hill? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you just go down that road over there.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, heard I haven't heard here. that name in a long time.
0: <laughs> now Caledon's just Maine.
2: <laughs> it,
0: it is. That's, that's also Canada. They've got
2: excellent clam chowder. There's yep. a
0: lot of water. Oh, <laughs> gotta Maine. go to the Gurney
1: Halleck lobster pound. <laughs> uh, our, our our good buddies at Modiphius have, have really created a beautiful game, uh, an intimidating game, I think, because it not only is a new system uh, to me and to a lot of us, but the universe is so vast, it's it's intimidating. Um, I think it's going to take a little getting used to, but I really want to play this story first and uh, figure out the the rest later. We may not even roll dice tonight. If we roll dice tonight, I'll be... I won't be that surprised, but uh, I think this is about uh, introducing, and uh, I apologize in advance for rules that I mess up. Uh, email me. Um... So with all that said, let me set the scene. The opening scene because the way the game works is everything moves in scenes. So scene 1 uh is 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 officially underway. <clears throat> Every scene that we do has its own traits and uh uh, traits make something either possible or impossible easier or harder. Same... Uh, an asset is a type of trait. Uh, you, all your assets start with a quality of zero, so they're more flavor than anything else. But you can spend momentum to increase the the quality of an asset to make it actually lower the difficulty. I can also do the same thing to make the difficulty harder. Um So think of these traits as like things that uh, you just need to be aware of. Um So the traits for this scene are... Oh, what would I say? Dark, tense, and upscale. Dark, tense, and upscale. So the first thing we see is the exterior of a great opera house. a massive building dwarfed only by the presence of the great palace in the background and the massive shield wall in the foreground, protecting the capital city of Arrakis from the untamed sands of Dune, where the great sandworms live alongside the native Fremen. Now we go inside this opera house and we see a multi-tiered architectural wonder. imagine like have you guys been to the Guggenheim Skid, I'm sure you've been to the, the non New Yorkers. you've been in the you know Frank Lloyd Wright type. imagine like a circular uh, type opera house where the, the seating is winding upward and the attendees can see down at the stage uh, as well as looking across to see the other theater goes. Um, I imagine there's an odd hierarchy to the way the seating is in this theater based on social strata, where boxes uh, higher up and further away from the stage are reserved for the most honored guests. And, uh, you know, m- lower houses or, or commoners, they're, like, below the stage looking up at the feet of the performers, Is glow globes hanging uh, at evenly spaced intervals throughout the theater, providing the only light uh, beyond the spray of colors that lights up this massive set that's on the stage for this show tonight. A set, of course, designed by House Houdin. The theater is owned and operated by House Houdin, we'll say. Uh, They are a house miner, and they are a vassal house to the Harkonnens, I tried to take what you guys came up with at the character creation session and just use that to spur uh, our story. So I'm taking some creative liberties here and maybe taking a little agency away up top to throw you into the scenario. But I imagine you are vassals of the Harkonnens. um, After making a name for yourselves on your home planet and moon of uh, Talia and... Menominee? What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Menominee? It's Menominee. Melpominee? Melpominee. Melpominee. You, um... The, maybe the Harkonnens made you an offer you couldn't refuse to come here to, uh, to Arrakis and set up a, a theater in Arrakeen to do what you do best, which is creating theatrical spectacles for the masses. Set designs that people talk about throughout the galaxy. Um, You have to imagine, although Arrakis is the center of the universe in many ways, it's also a harsh, desolate place where not only water is at a premium, but joy is as well. Mm. Um, So you took the offer. You pledged yourself to House Harkonnen and you moved your operations from the uh, planet and moon here to Arrakis. There's a performance tonight. It's a big one. It's important for a number of reasons. While the Baron himself is not here, uh, a dignitary from within House Harkonnen will be in attendance. A man named Fenton Quill. And he has an even uh, more important guest at his side, a guild navigator named Dinar Banan. Now, if you know Dune... This is a big deal. Uh, Guild Navigators are these beings that are exposed to spice in such an intense way that they mutate into these creatures that are almost fish-like in appearance. And they float in huge tangs of melange gas. They have to constantly be exposed to this. Um... And they've consumed so much melange that they've not only mutated, but they've gained superpowers as well that essentially allow them to navigate safely over huge interstellar distances uh, by folding space through something known as the Holtzman effect. Their presence here, like one of these things floating in a big tank in one of the higher seating areas, uh, is as exciting as it is terrifying for House Houdin. But that's not only why tonight is important. Delessa Houdin, uh, a sister of the Bene Gesserit and Duchess of House Houdin. I imagine she's been under a great deal of pressure, not only from her order, but pressure from uh, society, from the other noble houses and whatnot to uh, get married so she can produce an heir playing by your own rules it can, really can only get House Houdin so far. People are wary of the Bene Gesserit. People are wary of a Bene Gesserit Duchess. They've been pressuring you for a while to, uh, to play the game. Um, it's no secret uh, amongst those in the know that you have several lovers, uh, several consorts with rumors abounding that you've even taken your Fremen swordmaster Corin into your bed while no one begrudges your lascivious lifestyle. Uh, you know, I imagine, you know, that house Houdin can only get so far on its own by not playing the game. So you have finally relented and agreed to marry the young heir of another house minor, uh, a young man named Dresden Tyloris of house Tyloris. Um, I know this is rude to ask, but how old is uh, Duchess Houdain?
3: The Duchess has been in control of House Houdain. How do you say it all French, like Ross? Do it. Houdin. Would it be? Would it be like Houdain? Houdain? Houdin.
5: Houdin. 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 Uh,
3: of the house uh, since she was a teenager, as we mentioned, and mm. so I think that um, I think she's teetering on becoming an old maid like almost 30. Let's say she's (laughs) 29.
1: 29. All right. Well, this boy is only 18. I would make him younger, oh, that's no. weird. Oh,
3: You can do that to me? Can I be 24?
1: Yeah. No, it's too late. I want you to be older <laughs> I like
2: this. Let's, uh, let's roll with it. <laughs> There's an
1: age difference, there. uh, yeah, yeah, a significant age difference there. Just get excited
4: about this future loveless marriage. You don't have to <laughs>
3: concentrate You know on what? It's stuff. fine. Every <laughs> ruler gets to keep their harem. It's not like they're going anywhere. They're all employees.
1: Yeah, it's all for show. Yeah. No. It's all for show yes. and, and 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 you know that the joining of your two houses could very well fast track you uh, into becoming a house major and and that could give you your own planet to rule over that is uh, much more significant in the grand scheme of things uh, than uh, Talia was. Yes, uh, the Duchess and-
3: has much much joy at the prospect of wedding Lord Tylorus. <laughs>
1: Yes, and uh, rumor is he's he's a great guy. He's he's just a kid, but he's very handsome. Uh, he's not ugly, so it could have been worse. Um, however, this marriage, uh, this union, is a big deal because your decision to do this will effectively end House Houdin as House Tyloris absorbs your house. So I imagine you weighed the uh, the pros and cons. And, uh, you know, I don't know what your relationship was with your mother before she was taken, uh, but your father passed unexpectedly. The Houdim name, I imagine, means a lot to you. Was it hard to come to this decision, to throw that name away?
3: In public, not at all. I've never made an easier decision. In private, to my consorts, this is what has to be done. I have to continue to grow the house, and this is the way to do it. I will be giving up personal control directly to gain more power indirectly. And the younger he is, more the better, easier to manipulate and control.
1: Right. Well, he don't look too yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to right. pick a handsome young actor to play him. Um <laughs> Uh, I'll well, take
3: Timothy Chalamet if I look at all I can
1: Chalamet. think but I don't want to go so front to double cast
3: in door. the universe <laughs> <laughs> this is
4: strange let's fuck this
0: canon
2: mm. <laughs> really. destroy
3: it
0: There are definitely so many noble bloodlines to go around I'm sure a lot of them look alike <laughs> it's
1: true I just googled that's actors true. that are kinda like Timothy Chalamet <laughs> kinda <laughs> like and it's this just a exactly bunch of pictures what of, of casting Timothy directors
3: Schalamet. do in Hollywood all the yeah. time that's <laughs>
1: true Hot young male actors on IMDb. Let's cast this guy Turn right
3: your, now. Turn uh, your okay. filters on.
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, uh, what were you doing at 6.30? <laughs> I don't know any of these kids. <laughs> They're very young. Well, he's hot and young. I don't know any of these guys. Um, Finn Wolfhard, is he... Do people consider him hot? Skin. Wait. What do you think of
4: Finn Wolfhard? He's <laughs> like 14 years old.
1: <laughs> Well, imagine this is 18-year-old. All right, he's, yeah. like, sure. he's a hot 18-year-old with a powerful sex drive. Uh, and tonight, <laughs> this ben sex Holford, right. is coming with his parents, uh, Duke Gorin and Duchess Moira Tyloris. Uh, they're going to join you in the owner's box of your opera house to take in uh, this big show. Maybe it's opening night. It's a big deal. Harkonnen Diplomat is here. Uh... Spacing Guild Navigator is here, and you're meeting your future husband for the first time. This could be your first face to face meeting as you are to be wed one week from today. And Wolfhard Just is the By the Just to clarify, his way. mother's
3: name is Tylora Tyloris.
2: Moira. His
1: mother' name is Moira Silaurus. Moira Silaurus. Moira Silaurus. Moira Silaurus. Uh, excuse <laughs> You had an age check on Finn Wolfhard. He's nineteen. <gasps> Everything's cool. All right. Tell him about the part. Why are we cleared that up? Grant, can you call <laughs> Finn's agent off screen and just let him know that he got cast as Becca's like character's lover? Uh, and Grant, bear in mind when you talk to him, he's Canadian. So you're in the owner's box. I imagine all, all four of you are there, uh, along with some other members of your retinue we haven't fleshed out yet, awaiting the arrival of the Tyloris family. Um, Faris will have to be backstage pretty soon. You don't have a lot of time to chat. Uh, Corin is probably going to... I um, mean, You tell me, but the, I, I imagine you'd be standing outside the opera box as the, the royal guard, making sure nobody gets in. Um... The Duchess right. will be in the box with the Duke and the Duchess and Dresden. Uh, what about Aurelius? Where, where are you uh, on a night like tonight? Aurelius, I I guess he'd be in the box
5: as well. As he my, my advisor, watching. of
3: course. You're yeah. always... I'm in tech at my right hand.
5: Yes, certainly. In case the subtitle screen breaks down, I can advise her as to what uh, the goings-on are in the opera.
2: <laughs> and I whispered... <laughs>
3: I whispered to Corin as I go in, please listen to everything. I'm going to have to talk to you about this later.
2: Uh, Corin hears this. Side eyes, uh, the young Dresden Tyloris glances back at her lady and says, I hope someone has taught him how to sire a child. As she <laughs> steps back. She says it really salty. As Ooh. she steps back. If you need anything... I'm here.
0: And uh, perhaps as as he walks in, Pharos very... uh, just kindly is like, If his grace would like a tour of the backstage area, that could, of course, be um, arranged. If you'd care to take a close-up look at any of the apparatus for this evening's performance. Um, Many of the actors will be descending from the ceiling uh, in a series of suspenses. And... Dance and helix down through the main chamber of the hall, uh, but I won't give away all our secrets if you care to get a closer look I'm your
1: mayor and you say this to the young heir or to his father the duke um I'll, I'll say it to the uh, to the to the boy okay. Um, he's, you can tell he's very proper, he's been uh, through all the training, like a British uh, British uh, royalty, like Prince Harry and William, you know, he's taught to be very polite, and uh, he just uh, says, oh no no, thank you, um, I'm I'm here to, um, to meet meet the Duchess in person, uh perhaps on a later date, I would like to, to take you up on that uh, thank you for the offer very formal, very polite um, As you wish. As you wish. Their their group seems to be the mother, the father, Dresden. um, Another man that looks like he's related uh, to the Duke. Uh, In fact, I imagine you would know a little bit about this family. Um, You would know that this is the Duke's brother. Um, And he is like an advisor uh, to the Duke. He is there as well. Uh, and then they have other members of their house that are spread out throughout the theater. They brought their own guards. You imagine that any any role you have in your house, they have an identical role as well. And that could cause problems because when these houses join, do you need two Mentats? Do you need two Swordmasters? Do you need two spy You know, And so th- there's got to be tension about this union amongst all of the staff for lack of a better word
5: do we maybe
4: have some kind of significant debts or something like is there some other imperative to make this move because i mean we're destroying our house i mean maybe there's some
1: other one underlying- thing i imagined is that this was an enemy house of yours for a long time and that discord could prove very difficult for House Houdin making their way up the ranks. And so D'Alessa Houdin, in all her wisdom, said, here's a way to end it. We do this. So let's talk oh, okay. about this. Why do you think this house... This is total. This is a brainstorm. Why do you think this house has been a long-standing enemy of House Houdin?
3: I think it would have come from the generation before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
3: Well, maybe Perhaps. it has to do with the theater. Um we have our primary and our secondary, right? Maybe they're the best spies.
1: I can tell you their primary, uh, domain is, uh, machinery. It used to be farming machinery, uh, but they've expanded into just, uh, being uh, masters of creating machines without uh, breaking uh, the laws of uh, technology you're not, you know, after the Butlerian Jihad you're not allowed to use crazy technology and they've become masters of creating uh, machines that don't break any of the rules um, so the union will be great because now they might be able to provide you with equipment to make your set designs and your shows even more spectacular actually, okay uh, maybe I'm just thinking of this because I just watched
4: Citizen Kane again, but maybe it's something <laughs> nice. older and sillier like maybe our like House Houdin f- put on a play that was very critical of their head of house like generations ago a brutal satire a brutal <laughs> satire <laughs> of um, the head of uh, the head of their house, and this is something that a grudge that's been carried down for, for like hundreds or thousands of years. And, uh, and this is, this is maybe Canley and everything. And now it's like, this is, uh, it's killing us. Like they're a more powerful house. And like, this is our chance to, to end
2: it. I believe it was the scene where the great, great grandmother, Tyloris spoke and, and a bunch of other people fainted because of her breath.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was, that was the kicker. Yeah. I yes. love that it was something so petty that it's just snowballed right. through the generations into, like, we need to kill each other. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Star, so you're star-crossed lovers in many ways. But you knew that, like, this was, this isn't, I don't know, maybe this isn't what you want to do or whatnot, but it's a, a, a shrewd political move. And. Uh, so. You know, before you get into the formalities, because right now it's like cocktail party time. They haven't really done the formal introduction of, of Dresden to you. You still have your advisors near you, but you know they're going to have to part soon. Is there anything any of you need to do with the Duchess before you're, you know, in the background?
2: Uh, I do, before I take my, st- my stance and watch, I do want to scan the room and just size up their guards and military presence.
1: Okay. Sounds like we can do our first roll here. Oh, yeah. it, it is going go. to happen. There we go. Um, all right. So, and you can, uh, what I'll do is I'll throw out what the skill is, what I think the skill is, but you, you can totally hmm. be like, ah, I think it's more this, Troy. Okay. I think it's understand because you're trying to gain knowledge.
2: Yes. And she does have danger sense as her focus
1: perfect Uh, what drive would you like to associate with this you've got your skills and you've got your drives I think they suggest the best thing you want to do is like start with your drive statements is there a drive statement that matches what you're trying to do and if not then don't choose that drive
2: Uh, I would in, in under duty her statement is duty is a sharp blade and I think she's very loyal to the duchess and would never allow an event to happen without making sure she's protected.
1: I like it. I like it. Do you have, uh, so you have a a focus and understand and a drive statement in duty. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is uh, the total of those numbers? What uh, what numbers you got there? Ten. Ten. All right. I'm going to set this as a difficulty of two. So you have two D twenty to roll, and you said the total is ten.
2: Yeah, uh, one is four and one is six. So this. Okay.
1: Uh, Which one is Hmm. uh, understand? Four. Okay. Well, the (laughs) the kind of good news is where you have a focus in that skill. If you if any of those these single dice are under a four. It counts as two successes. Normally, you'd have to roll a one to do that. Uh, okay. But in this case, because you have a focus, you have that. Now, you have 2d20. Uh, Grant, can we see the threat and momentum uh, charts here? This is going to be a big part of the game. Um, you'll see that I start with four threat, and the party starts with zero momentum. You get 2d20. Okay. This is going to be a tough roll. You need to yeah. roll under 10, and you need two successes. Now, if you roll a natural one, those are your two successes. Okay. If you roll a 20, there's going to be a complication. Now, if you want to give me some more threat, you could buy a die and then roll more than 2d20. It's up to when you, you if you want to... you uh, say give me a
2: threat, what is that?
1: Threat is fuck you points from me basically okay. <laughs> you're building a pool of fuck you points if i i start with 4 threat which means mm. there's already a lot of danger out in the world surrounding house hujeen if you give me more threat you're increasing that negative energy and i can use that threat to make checks more difficult to change traits to make them more difficult for you <laughs> but this is part of the economy of the game they say like give the GM threat you spend momentum and just keep this economy moving but it's tough when you start out the game with a difficulty two and now i'm already sitting on four threat if you give me one threat you'll get one more die if you give me three threat which is just crazy you could actually gain two more die um
2: is threat just like a, a number of points that i have or is no, it's it like something a situation you give that me. I it's a group
1: pool. It's a group pool. So mm-hmm. you guys get the momentum pool to play with that you can okay. use to boost your rolls. But when you give me threat, it has the potential for me to use it against you later. Hey, t- give me Let's a Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. That will give me now I'm up to five threat, but you'll have three D20. Okay. You need two of them to be under 10 or any one of them to be a one, two, or three.
2: Okay. Okay. I rolled a two,
1: yes. a four, yes. and a 19. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, I think it's the you have to roll un, like at the number or under. So I think that's three yeah. successes, which yeah. means you not only succeeded on the task, but you gained a point of momentum. Because uh, every success you roll over the difficulty, you gain momentum. So it's just this changing tide of luck between uh, House Houdin and the world around them.
4: And you don't necessarily have to get momentum for extra successes. You can also just be more successful in some way. Like you could get an additional piece of information or, you know, just to succeed in a more spectacular fashion. Or it's
1: like, if if you can't think of anything, it's just like, I'll just get, I'll take momentum for it. Okay. Yeah, like you can spend it right away to be like, I'd like more information from you. Uh, And you can decide on that after I give you the information. And if my information isn't, you don't think it's that satisfactory, you get to keep the momentum. If I'm like, that's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But right now you're sitting on uh, one momentum to my five threat. What was your original question that you asked 25 minutes ago?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I was sizing up their guards and checking for weapons, trying to mm-hmm. see, uh, trying to gauge their their military might. See who, uh-huh. fi- who see who, can I take this guy if I if I had to? That sort of s-
4: sizing them up.
2: Sizing them up. Sizing up. Get the prom- keep the job when we merge.
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah.
2: I don't want I don't want to lose my job. So checking that and then i just want to see if anything looks suspicious with any Mm -hmm. of the guests just a scan for that
1: um the duke and the duchess appear to be unarmed uh dresden the son has a blade on his belt that looks to be more uh part of the dress than uh something that's ever been used in battle
2: uh that's dresden
1: that's Dresden Tyloris, uh, the future uh, husband of Delessa, and then the brother uh, Thurman Tyloris. Uh, he's got a, a, a gray beard. Uh, he looks uh, looks. He just looks mean. He's got that kind of resting mean face, and he has a sword as well that is chipped uh, in various places. So you know it's a sword that's been used. You've heard rumors. Uh, of a swordmaster master uh, that House Tyloris employs, a sword master of Ginaz. Uh, he is supposed to be quite the character. You do not see him in attendance, but that doesn't mean he's around. Uh, they have other members of their retinue that have sort of spread out, uh, So, and the soldiers look to be uh, the same level of soldiers as your house. Um, but yeah, you don't see any any guns or, or anything like that. Um you're actually surprised that the uh, the Duke and Duchess are coming into this meeting so unarmed.
2: Okay. Uh, I will relay that to the Duchess and say, as an aside...
1: Do you say it loud, like, I'm surprised!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will lean in very close.
3: Uh, I think we've been working on me teaching you the Benny Gesserit hand communication. Mm.
2: Hmm. Yes, absolutely. So with certain, uh, with what I know, I will at least, um, relay the fact that the Duke and Duchess are, un- are unarmed, that there are blades on Dresden and his brother. Mm. And it's unusual that they're not rolling in heavy.
1: Yeah. Mm. Maybe it shows trust, trust in this alliance. Um, Maybe it's finally time to put uh, Bygones bygones
3: As my Bene Gesserit training Has created all these observations uh, And I'm thinking maybe Their illusion of wanting to create Trust is really what they're trying to get across And that's why they didn't bring weapons But they do have, they are on guard Thinking ten layers of psychology
2: Hmm. It could be, you could be right (laughs) Must
1: be Exhausting to Always. be a right I know.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so
0: tired. Faints within faints within faints. <laughs> think about everything. I
2: will Are they warned about my guard
1: this. Down. Oh, sorry. Corrin will not let her guard down. I was going to say they warn about this in the game. It's like, be careful. Not even though everyone has prescience and the ability to tell what everything's gonna happen, the game can get boring real fast if you allow that into play. So imagine that everyone is thinking forty five steps ahead to make everything inscrutable.
5: Mm.
1: Great. Um, um I,
0: I think I might just give a quick bow and be like, I should be about my business, your grace. Um and uh I
3: just missed. Th- I look forward to the show.
0: I look forward to your seeing it. And it just got a little click of the heels like and uh, out the door and I would over the in the course of my um, uh, prepping just just observe and see in my in my communications with actors and and the tech folks as, as things begin to begin to happen if I can catch just the gossip vibe um, of people like the the members of a uh, house Tyloris that are here, the soldiery, the um, the attendants, the the, the servants, What, what, what's the, what's the rabble's opinion of what's happening right now?
4: Mm -hmm. The
0: word on the street. What's (laughs) the word on the street? ooh girl What's the buzz telling me what's happening?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That sounds to me like yet another understand uh, check. You're really trying to read the situation. Um, Do you have a drive that matches what you're trying to ascertain here? And if you don't, that's fine. Just use a, a drive that doesn't have a drive statement. I have a drive. Knowledge is power, and I am seeking to uh, to
0: gain some of that knowledge to get the upper hand in the situation that is developing.
1: Uh, okay. Do you have any uh, focuses in your understand skill? I certainly do. Uh, okay. D- deductive reasoning. And what is your understand score? Seven. Seven. All right. So, and, and what is uh Power. Eight. This is this Eight. is kind of my wheelhouse. Oh, all right. So this is a fifteen plus anything you roll under seven will count as two successes. I'm um, yet again I'm going to make this a difficulty two, which is sort of your bread and butter mm-hmm. kind of tough difficulty in a two D twenty system. They both have to roll under fifteen or uh, under seven. Natural one is two successes as well. Natural twenty means succeed at a cost if you meet the other things. Do you want to give threat or do you want to just feel good about your fifteen and roll two D twenty?
0: And we also have that momentum. You do have we do. momentum. Now the momentum, uh, th- remind me of this, Troy
1: Does it does it deplete As we move scene to scene? Scene to scene, yes, but uh, I- I'll tell you that like this scene is going to Last for a while, you lose one point of Momentum, you can't carry it over It's like gotcha. slowly you're losing that um, The it, To buy one d20 costs One momentum, if you want to buy another one That costs another two, and then okay. if you want to get crazy And buy three, you'd have to spend Three more momentum, so a total right. of six If you want to buy three dice Oh,
4: I'm and I-, I think Quickly, it's worth saying too that the maximum amount of threat or momentum you
1: can have, I think, is five. I think it's uh, you or know what? I think it's six for momentum, but I've yeah. read over and over again. There seems to be no limit on threat, no limit to threat. Uh, yeah, but That's so true. it's
4: like you can buy one die for one momentum, you can buy two dice for three, and you can buy a third die for a total of six. Yeah. So the price keeps going up the more right. also. So.
1: And I, I said, you could also use momentum that after you succeed, you can be like, I want to spend one momentum, to just get a little more Troy. And if right. I can't give it to you, get the momentum back. One other thing you can do is with two points of momentum, you can create a trait. Right. Um, and that is really like, you have to really, get creative indeed. with it. Okay. Uh, yeah,
4: you could say, you could say that you have like hidden microphones or something in exactly. this area and you've been picking <laughs> exactly. up stuff all day.
0: Yeah. Um, Wonderful. I'm going to uh, let's let's just roll into the roll into the mechanics. I'll spend that one momentum, okay. unless anybody's like not uh, to uh, to add a die to this roll. Okay. Do it. So three d twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I rolled a twelve. One I success. A, I rolled a
1: six. Three successes, and I rolled a nineteen. Woo-hoo, okay. Okay. You and Nora, same thing with the nineteen. So you also uh, generated three successes that will build one momentum, and you succeeded on the test. Very similar to what Corin noticed. Uh, whereas they seem like they're not uh, heavily armed, they all seem very, very calm, very collected. No one's saying anything wrong and you've had experiences with this house in the past, and it's usually very clear uh, about the enmity between these two houses. You wear it on your sleeve. You can cut the tension with a knife. Now, maybe this union has finally been like, all right, let's put this to bed. But it almost seems too perfect, with the exception of the Duke's brother, who, by all accounts, is an asshole. Okay.
0: Um, yes, uh, House Tylorus is showing a uncharacteristic amount of decorum, but I, and I, well, I suppose that would be just kind of almost to one of the actors right before they're about to go on. But it's places, dear boy, toy, 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 and uh, turn on their suspensors and send them <laughs> up to begin to begin
1: singing. And as you walk out, maybe you hear the slightest little crack in their facade. Mm. something to the effect you're not even sure if you heard it this like finally that witch came to her senses
0: ooh hmm and so, uh yes uh imp- impassive face registers this without a without a wrinkle of of uh, of concern as he
1: logs that away later mm-hmm. corin steps outside to guard the door Pharos makes his way backstage. What about Aurelius? Uh, Aurelius, I think he's going
4: to be spending the time, like from the time doors open, he's going to be hobnobbing and ingratiating himself, but really just kind of getting a... getting an inventory of all the major players that are here in attendance. He just wants to get a... general general sense of like who all the important people are and where they're going to be Um, and I should say uh, so for anyone not watching so uh, Aurelius is he's sort of he wears these gigantic oversized like layered 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 robes that look ridiculously big on him it's I say it's like looking like a someone wearing a, 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 a silk robe over a gigantic parka And uh, it's kind of a combination of Queen Amidala and a Skeksis. (laughs) It's like this little dude like inside there. So, yeah, so he's uh, he's trying to he's just kind of piecing together the political landscape of this
1: of this evening. Okay, let's do a roll for this, because I think if you succeed, uh, you'll actually get a lot of information that could help. Uh, your whole group kind of understand who the major players are tonight. Um, you know, I hate to go back to the well again, but I, this is really an understand role. This is gathering information. This is your perception check in D&D. Um, but do you have a drive statement that would be the right drive? And you may not, in which case use a drive that doesn't have a drive statement.
4: Uh, I, don't, I don't have a drive statement I don't think that would work. I think... I'll go with power just because of this. These are, there's a government matter. Okay. So, uh, my, my statement for power is by hook or by crook,
1: which mm, I don't
4: think it really applies. Did
1: so, what they me? suggest is then don't use that drive. Use a drive that doesn't have a statement or challenge that drive. But it doesn't sound like you're actually challenging the drive, you're more just. Uh, you know, if you were trying to do something that was the opposite of by hook or by crook, you could challenge that drive, gain a point of determination, and then lose that. But what they suggest is if you have a drive statement associated with a drive that doesn't match it, either choose another drive that has a drive statement that does, or choose a drive that doesn't have that statement.
4: Well, yeah, that's tough though. Okay, so I could I could pick. I mean. That's a, I, that, this is a problem that I did run into with Star Trek is that I, I need to get a better feel for, because some of these are like so broadly applicable that you could use them in so many different situations right. that it feels unfair. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like I could pick duty. Like I'm doing my duty by trying to figure out what the political landscape is here tonight. Sure. And my drive statement is I am House Houdin and House Houdin is me. So it's like I'm doing this for, for my house. Um, I could do it as truth. Truth is of utmost importance and be controlled. I'm trying to find out the truth of who the major players are here tonight.
1: So Yeah, so I can do when that you're too. down to that, it's like just—I think you pick one. Those because those both sound great. Yeah, um, I will. Well, I'll—I'll. Uh, I'll, oh, I don't want to do this though because it's—it's too broad. I'll take—I'll take truth. I'll take truth. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is important. Uh, you're trying to figure out, get to the truth of the matter here. Uh, all right. So, what is your truth pusher understand? Uh, it's 14. 14. And do you have a focus in understand? Yes. Uh, house oh. politics. And what is your single understand number? Uh, it is seven. Seven. So you've got to roll under 14. Anything under a seven counts as two successes. I'm going to set this at two again. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to purchase any threat
4: or spend any momentum on this. It's so roll. It's, very, it's a cocky move. Yeah. Again. Yeah. let see. Uh okay, two successes.
1: 14 and an eight. Okay. Let's look at the major players right after this quick break. If I can direct you to roll twenty here. Uh, this was a this was a cool move, Skid, so I'm gonna show you kind of a uh, an overview of the people here tonight. Ooh. So there is Fenton Quill, the uh, dignitary from House Harkonnen. Uh, There is Dinar Binan, uh, the guild navigator, representing the spacing guild. Big deal that this creature is in the house. Then, of course, we have House Houdin, D'Alessa, Corin, Aurelius, and Pharos. And this is what you know of House Triloris in terms of their major players. There are plenty of other minor players, uh, as well as plenty of minor players in House Houdin. Uh, but you have Duke Gorin Tylorus and his wife, Duchess Moira, uh, the heir, uh, Dresden Tyloris, the brother, Thurman, Dace O'Ren, the swordmaster that you've heard of but have not seen, and then uh, a another person named Ilgard Fane, and it sounds like he is... Uh, an assistant, an accountant, a keeper of records of sorts. Uh, his role is, is, is unclear. Um, he's very close to the Duke, um, but uh, you don't think he has mentat training. You don't think he's a, a soup doctor or anything. You just think he's a, a close uh, member of the family. Can you guys see the names of all the NPCs or no? No. Uh, only of ours. Well, that's fun. Uh, well, I will, I will, uh, I will <laughs> oh, get to that go. so you I can see. I see Ilgard Fane.
2: Ah, yeah. yeah, I see Ilgard. I spelled yeah. that
1: wrong. I, I love Roll Twenty, but uh, they do this thing where they make you click nineteen boxes to make the players be able to see uh, the names of these people. Yeah. But uh, I you switch to Foundry. <laughs> I you to Foundry, so it's better. <laughs> uh, I will, I will slowly uh, unload these names here, but. Yeah, these are these are your major players, and over the course of our story, we'll add even more. But I imagine as you get this information, is there anything you want to do with it before uh, the the formalities begin? Well, I think I Aurelius
4: is going to bend the Duchess's ear. By the way, uh, Becca, how do you, do you like your grace? Is that how you'd prefer to be? You're, you're, Hell yeah! You're addressed okay.
5: <laughs> I should tell her grace about all, uh, all that I have learned. I shall uh, uh, lay out the, uh, the the connections and all the major players that are here tonight. I'm sure she knows most of it, but I'm just pointing out, like anyone minor, that she stares
3: straight she ahead know. as you mutter over my shoulder. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, so this is a minefield, your grace.
1: You must step carefully. You step towards the uh, background there, uh, Aurelius, and the Duke Duke Gorin uh, approaches you, Delessa. You can see uh, Dresden in the background, but they haven't made the formal introduction yet. There's been a lot of just you're talking to your people, they're talking to their people. It's a whole thing. It's all part of the dance. Uh, but now it's clear it's time before the show begins. To I give him uh, a
3: humble bow.
1: He returns it as well. Good. Nice. one. He says, uh, Lady Houtine, thank you for uh, inviting us to this performance tonight. Uh, You know my my wife, Duchess Moira, this very stern-looking woman with lace covering her face, nods solemnly at you.
3: I bow deeply to her as well. Moira, may I call you that?
1: Oh, yes. I suppose we should be quite familiar with each other from now on. Um, Do you prefer Delessa, or would you like to retain the title of Lady Houdine?
3: For now, let me retain my title, as I will be giving way to it soon, with the merger of our great minor houses. May we soon become of the Major Elk?
1: Yes, that is the hope. And Gorin... as uh, as this joining of our houses it was uh, may I say it was a wise move Duchess Um, there was talk that you would never take a a husband I I never believed it I thought you wise and uh, I knew your mother and she was wise as well
3: well naturally I would not have were it not for your young Dresden catching my eye
1: well, he's a good boy. I think you'll, you'll find him a capable husband. And you are right to say we are far stronger together than we would ever be uh, apart, let alone in enmity with each other like we've been all these years.
3: Who can even remember the cause of such enmity? What? If only I could take, well, the entire house, Tyloris, in, to this union, but of course... This wedding will just be between the two of us. Do you understand what i my meaning, Oira? And I give her a wink. <laughs> I'm trying to imply it's too bad we couldn't all have a big wedding, you yeah, know?
1: Yeah. She looks at you quizzically <laughs> and uncomfortably.
3: Right. And then I turn to Garen. Wing with the other eye?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, I certainly don't remember why this ever started in the first place, but I'm glad it is behind us. This is a great union for more ways than one. You know, our intricate knowledge of machinery and your talents and stagecraft. There's no limit to what we can do to not only innovate uh, entertainment here on Arrakis, but on other planets as well. Perhaps one day Dune will be known not only for Spice, but for the new house Tylorus that we shall build together.
3: But... I imagine there's much we can build... I very much look forward to you experiencing what the incredible members of my house have, have been able to present. Pharos is the head of, of much of our stagecraft and has created some brilliant designs for
1: to bring wonder to the, to the eyes. Oh, I can see from your... Wonderful box here, this this set that you have here tonight. May I ask the the subject of this of this play we are going to take in this evening?
3: No, you may not.
1: I'm sorry <laughs> I too offended you by asking. You.
3: I wish for it to be a perfect mystery to you. Uh, were I to spoil it, I would be robbing you of a great ah, pleasure.
1: Well, that makes sense. Uh, I, I I I love surprises, my wife, not so much, but. Uh, I'm excited um, is it a musical no you know what I'll just see it <laughs> um, listen to me prattling on this is not my night it is my son so allow me to uh, officially introduce you to uh, your your future husband uh, Dresden come here boy and uh, Dresden Tyloris maybe played by 19 year old Finn Wolfhard uh, playing an 18 year old uh, walks forward uh, very handsome very proper Steps forward, and, and he reaches out for your hand to kiss it.
3: As I give it, I bow as deeply as I possibly can with one knee behind the other, like almost touching the ground. My leash.
1: Yes, and like a a Moliere play, he tries to beat your bow, and you go back and forth doing the bow <laughs> gag. Uh, and he says, um, My lady, it is a, a pleasure to finally meet you in person. You can tell he's been coached a little bit. He's very proper... Stories of your beauty could not have possibly done justice to you in person. I am pleased for this union and hope to be a competent husband to you and a strong and generous leader for the new house we shall build together. Though I am young, I have been trained in many areas, my lady. You will find no greater choice than I for your husband.
3: Indeed, that is why I have chosen you, Dresden competence in various areas can be taught uh, but in others you excel I look forward to imparting my experience upon you and may we raise an heir to a glorious house
1: yes yes I should I should like that very much as should my father but it, it appears that the play is about to begin shall we take our seats
3: we shall I take his arm
1: so, you lead him over to the best one of the best seats in the house.
3: Yeah, I imagine my seats within the best box are have their own sort of like throne like two chairs for me and whoever I deem my worthy companion for the evening.
1: Yeah, and was... it's it's odd. I was gonna say, is like you're further away, it's almost like not as good of a seat, but it's all about show. The further away, the fancier. What were you gonna say, Cora?
2: Uh, in the periphery. Not facing them, but during that exchange, uh, one could hear Corin take a very deep breath through her nose—a big inhale. <laughs> uh, in her, uh, she's she's not pleased by this, and also the very sneakiest of sneak disses because of the great great grandmother being smelly.
0: Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and perhaps at this moment the lights dim and uh uh corn has another reason to be perhaps slightly offended as just cascades of mist spiral up from the base (laughs) of the uh of the opera house as lights are projected on them and a shipwreck is currently occurring in mid-air of this uh guggenheim-esque spiral opera house like thunder claps um rain seems to swirl around and a uh young uh a uh, mezzo-soprano is belting out a uh, a uh, a stormy song from the deck of a ship that, due to suspensor technology, appears to break apart in the in the in midair in the <laughs> center of this storm. And uh, Pharos is like operating some dials that let this uh, <laughs> mist coil around, just knowing how obscene it is that water is being used in this aesthetic way. Oh <laughs> my, yes. yeah.
1: Oh, what a slap to the face of they every... Great affront to the but commoners. That
0: it's, that it's the kind of... It's the sort of um, uh, uh, conspicuous consumption that pleases uh, their Harkonnen uh, masters. Yeah. What does like, the
1: Fremen Corrin think about this waste of water?
2: A person with the sharpest of hearing could hear her teeth grinding. yeah <laughs> <laughs> But she is not in a position or place. But one would know from being around her and being a fremen that she is quite displeased at this.
5: Mm.
4: I think Aurelius, but it really
2: is. It is as my lady wishes.
4: I think. I think it really is mortified too. It was just like if word of this gets out among the population, like <laughs> they would be so furious. So he's just like, he. I think he's doing the same thing. He's like gritting his
0: teeth too. Mm. Yeah, it's insulting. It's an ex-
4: insulting use yes, has a um,
3: smirk dark. of pleasure
0: at this display. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. This is not a night for the commons. <laughs> right. Happy always, Fremen.
3: It's very much uh, showing our power and our prowess to the Tylorus family.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah, this is a big deal. It's letting them know. <laughs> water? We got plenty of water to waste. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as this spectacle is unfolding and, and the crowd is hushed dresden uh, leans over to you and says this is this is quite impressive they say that you are masters of stagecraft how did you come to learn this trade were, were your parents set designers as well
3: Shh, not during the
1: show i'm not show comes over ch- sir
2: I'm
1: I'm I'm actually in the wrong scene. I'm supposed to be marrying that woman over there. (laughs) Enjoy the show. Oh, I feel like (laughs) such an idiot. So sorry. Ah, So sorry. (laughs) B3.
3: Indeed, the Houdan line is a great family of stage crafters, of deception with the very machinery that creates these illusions. Were you not taught of our legacy?
1: I was taught some, but um, I think the discord between our houses, we did not speak about you in favorable terms, I must be honest. I do apologize that our houses were at odds for so long, old feuds over silly forgotten things. We must move on, and our union is a grand step towards healing. Hopefully other houses will look to us uh, as a model for progress.
3: I do hope that can be the case. Of course, these squabbles were so petty. We can see that perhaps our forbearers were not always in the right to hold such grudges. We will move into a new era. One of complicity.
1: Yes, complicity. I like that. And I apologize if I speak out of turn. Perhaps I have been taught only falsehoods about your house. I look forward to learning the truth from you. And your parents, are they still with us? Because I I look forward to meeting them.
3: No. They are not. She does not elaborate. And she keeps her eyes forward. She had been kind of looking at him out of the corner, and then she looks forward. Very serious. Very stern. Putting a period on the conversation of her parents.
1: And he's mortified. He knows he just... He's trying to, like, make sure he hits all his beats, and he, he fucked up. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I... I'm so sorry, Duchess.
3: Their departure from the house was unexpected.
1: While you're getting to know each other and the show is starting to take over, Aurelius, you notice the Duke's brother, Thurman, just kind of like giving (laughs) you dirty looks. You probably, I imagine, especially you of all people, uh, have done your homework on House Tyloris. Uh, What you know of Thurman Tyloris is that he is a drunkard, alleged Samuda addict. Uh, He's the older brother of the Duke, but their father thought that he was unfit to lead, so he crowned his younger brother uh, Duke before he died. He was passed over. Um, the current Duke, his brother loves him uh, so maybe out of love or pity he made him his top advisor. Um, just as kind of like, sorry, our dad thought you' shitty. Um, but uh, he's just irascible and confrontational. At a certain point uh, he uh, goes to move to exit the box. And he gives you one of these, like, come here. I want to talk to you. Yeah, you, Aurelius. Oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were talking to Nora. I, know I could tell uh, you yes. didn't know. He's like, Oh,
5: yes, of course.
1: So you come out into the hallway. Corin's standing there. He notices Corin. Looks around like someone else is supposed to be there And then just kind of motions you away From the swordmaster. He's got a stink on his breath Of wine Wait, wow. And he's just kind of sizing you up They, they really do stink like... <laughs> They really do stink, the rumors <laughs> are true Yes <laughs> He says so You're a mentat Yeah Yes,
5: yes, I was, uh, conditioned. I've undergone mintat conditioning. Yes, I find it helps me in my role as envoy.
1: Oh, I suppose that's one of the fringe benefits of having a house run by a Bene Gesserit, that you can afford the luxury of having a human computer at your beck and call.
5: And he kind of stiffens a bit and he says, Well, we, uh, we have, we have various, various needs, and I try to fulfill them. We don't try to be uh, exhibit largesse,
1: but we do what needs doing, don't we? Duty calls. Now he gets a little close to you. A little too close, but not like he's going to fight you, but he's just... He's a, he's a bull in a china shop, and he says, You should know. Finger. A little too close. My brother gets all the advisement he needs from me. Although I imagine a servant of your particular training may come in handy from time to time. You will serve House Tylorus well, I imagine. And you will give your new duke the same care and attention that you do your current mistress. Yes.
5: And Aurelius just he just bows obsequiously, and he says, "But of course, I have only ever endeavoured to make myself useful in whatever circumstances I find myself in. I to serve your house as I have served House Houdin would be will be a distinct pleasure, and I look forward to it in whatever role you may find for one of my such humble
1: abilities." those stains on your lips is it true what they say that that juice gives you powers
5: Mm, powers may be overstating things it gives me certain capabilities that I was not capable of before I will volunteer that much
1: do you abuse those powers have you looked into us and what do you see
5: no of course not I only that which you wish to show. I have no capacity for that. The kind of subterfuge that you suggest.
1: He nods. Feel like he's just gonna like punch you at any second. Yeah, and I think Aurelius.
5: I think he's he's a
4: big physical coward too. He's just like uh, please, please don't hit me.
5: You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Even though he's not wearing glasses. But
1: Who's the actor that plays Hellboy? Ron, Ron Perlman? Perlman? Yeah. He's, oh, imagine, so. imagine Ron Perlman, like that kind okay. of physical presence. He's drunk and he's thrown his weight around. And he turns to just, like he's had enough with you. But then he comes back and you know it's coming. He's like, so what, what service do you really provide the Duchess? He looks you up and down. Does she stoop to bring a creature such as you into her bed
5: as well? So uh, this is the other thing. I think Aurelius is a big prude.
4: And it's like everything that Delessa engages in, he just it makes him very
5: uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So he was he is just like well I don't wish to speak out of turn. I will only say that I perform those duties which the Duchess finds necessary and fitting to one of my station. That is all.
1: My brother may ignore it. And for my nephew's sake, I hope he doesn't believe the rumors. But we all know the truth of who she is. Of what she is. But now, she is a vessel for House Tylorus. A vessel for my nephew. Nothing more. So if you're to advise her, advise her on that. At least she had the sense to make this deal. I pray for her sake and for yours that she plays her part. We can all benefit from this union in one way or another.
5: The Duchess has wisdom beyond her years, and she is as dedicated to her house as she soon will be to yours. I am certain that she will only... she will that she will do her duty... For you, as she has done for us in the future.
1: Well, then I guess we understand each other. I hope so.
5: What Good. a pleasure poke, it is poke, poke. to be understood. As he looked, looking down at the finger. <laughs> what a joy it is to be understood.
3: He can't feel it through all his layers of padding.
2: <laughs> 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 my
5: pocket four cloaks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's like poking a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> careful you almost hit my thermal underwear layer <laughs> <laughs>
2: you poke him and it makes that squeak doll noise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <yeah.
5: laughs>
1: poke 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 and he turns around goes back in the door nodding at Corin as he does there's a moment here with Aurelius and Corin before you rejoin the opera box anything you want to share there Um, if I
4: have an opportunity to communicate with the Duchess without
5: being overheard, uh, I will relay, I will say, um, it is as we suspected. The Duke's brother is a bit of a, uh, is a bit of a brute. That, that is not a surprise. That is in keeping with the House's reputation as long, as well as that of our liege lords. As I say, Duchess, this is a minefield, and it will not end tonight. Every step must be planned.
3: I take him this in as I'm still sitting in my theater chair, so I imagine he's just leaned over and is whispering very quietly. Uh, And I nod slightly, and I turn to the young lord... Just the rabble outside the theater has heard of the mist and is rather upset. I give the cover story.
4: Oh yes, oh, I think they're probably going to storm the opera house. Our lives are in danger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Please,
4: <laughs> the
3: regular stuff, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the usual stuff we used to it here. Yes, <laughs> and at this moment on in the in the. In the... <laughs> in the void in front of you um the one the, the woman who is singing during that shipwreck is washed ashore and is currently imprisoned in a in a in some sort of royal harem where uh everyone who comes to see her uh is converted to a life of uh of um of uh is purified and 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 doesn't doesn't actually doesn't actually touch her as her uh, as her lover t- attempts to find her on this uh uh, wherever she uh, she crash landed, and it's sort of this uh, r- it's sort of a play all about fidelity and the importance of uh, and the importance of uh, monogamous matrimony.
5: Just a big
0: just a big charm offensive for the new uh, the the, uh, the our guests. Hmm.
3: <laughs> I look over to read Duke Goran and Duchess Moira as they're taking in the show and what they think of this morality tale.
1: And they're 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 smiling ear to ear. They're so excited, mostly for the uh, union, though. More so.
4: Is it? This is a show. new play, or this is an old established play? It's up to you guys. What do you it's think? Happened. Maybe
3: uh, it's a retelling.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a I think more. it's maybe. Yeah, it's a
0: restaging of an old classic. Maybe it's yeah. called Felicity in the Sar- in the Seraglio.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundreds of years old. Yeah, yeah. hundreds of years old. Uh, but the first performance on Arrakeen. Uh Oh, so Farris, you're backstage mm-hmm. actors are scrambling about coming and going off stage, changing costumes. There's the a large X. chorus of like 20 people, uh, singers or whatever. In addition to the leads. So there's just, there's just a lot going on backstage. Uh, they're all, we'll say they're all dressed like soldiers, like Greek soldiers with like mm-hmm. fake pole arms and, uh, Corinthian helmets with the long nose that covers the mm-hmm. face. And, uh, And then in addition to the normal security backstage, the normal security of House Tyloris, there's security, excuse me, of of House uh, Houdin, there's uh, House Tyloris security back there as well. The Mm -hmm. heir and the duke and the duchess are here. And then there's also Harkonnen security, about which no one can say anything to do. They take precedence. uh, And they're about because of uh, Fenton Quill's presence here, the dignitary along with the spacing guilt guy. Um, so there's just a lot going on and no one really pays you any attention. What are you doing back there? Perfect. Um, the, the,
0: the, uh, the performance well at hand. I think, um, there's, there's like little prompters, apertures all throughout <laughs> honeycombed throughout this, uh, this building where, where you can kind of pop out and, and uh, an aid a performer when they go up on lines, <laughs> feed line, um, And, uh, and I think, um, Pharaohs is like maybe makes makes his way up some interior catwalk uh passing by a group of a group of uh, um, performers dressed as soldiers and nymphs and is like barely filling out that cabasse helm as he like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like helps someone's like on your way and uh um continues up and maybe reaches one of those apertures and is now kind of giving the same sort of like hard stare that he gave to the uh the the same sort of vibe check that he gave backstage to um, uh, f- uh, Fenton Quill and the uh, and the Navigator, who he can whose bulky form he can dimly see through the through the golden gas of his
1: tank. Yeah, the, it's just an odd presence. They're so high up, but you have access like no one has, and so you really get the be- maybe the best view of the house of them being backstage, and it's just. Uh, I don't know what your experience is with the Guild navigators, but um, it's an uncomfortable feeling. I am terrified
0: of them. As as like yeah. any any anything or one with these preternatural powers, I know like one of the most uncomfortable things for me is someone who sees through me, and mm-hmm. I know that this navigator, if he turned his eye to me, would see like see me in all my guises stripped yeah. bare. Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. there's a real danger of their, just their presence
4: drawing focus. We'd have to be in complete darkness. Mm-hmm. I was at a Broadway show once, and Tony Danza
1: was in the audience, so that was all I could think about. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody told the actors. They'll be out of their yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Mike Tyson, so I assume. But that. one of the uh, traits was dark, so that might come in handy. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it's rumored that just their mere presence alone sort of numbs the powers of everyone in the room and allows people to do things underhandedly without uh, a Bene Gesserit or a, uh, another highly trained Mentat uh, being able to use their powers as well. Their mere presence alone dulls those mm-hmm. powers. And, I, and I'm I just a, a regular... Question. Oh, no, go ahead.
2: Uh just... We, we hadn't discussed this, but I'm wondering if we could have, since we are spy masters, you know, as our craft, would we be able to all hear, like have some sort of
1: Earpieces. device that
2: looks like an earring, perhaps, that would allow us to, ha- if somebody comes in very close to us for a conversation, we'd be able to overhear Ooh. it, overhear or oh, listen like to the that. walls because the acoustics we built, we know the hot right. spots. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Would we be yeah. able to pick up slightly on other conversations that are happening? Oh, so I think we,
0: so. Oh, but, yeah.
1: Can we spend momentum to get that trade? Uh, I, I like that, yeah. So what, you're sitting on one momentum right now. I think you need two momentum to be able to cre- create that trade. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it enough to just say yes, but trying to play along with the... Uh, with the actual mechanics of the game. If you can generate some momentum, I'll say that you can have this set up that you're all in a per, not only are you in a, a place that's for show, you have set yourselves in perfect position to be able to communicate with each other so that where Delessa Houdin is, she could whisper and Pharos can hear it backstage. She mm-hmm. could say something and Corin could hear it. And maybe Aurelius, that's how you were able to so conveniently tell her everything you learned about Thurman Tyloris. Right, um, yeah, yeah. You ever been in a park and they've got those sort of parabolic,
0: parabolic like a dishes where you whisper in one and you can hear it across the park in the other. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that. Um, just there are these little niches in here and maybe the throne that, that Delessa sits in has is one of these kind of like dishes.
2: Ooh, receiving. the
3: headrest yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh yes. That's nice. Well, yeah, I was per- saying, I, I sent it in balling. the
4: email before we, we did this, that there, there in, in the lore, there is a, an opera house on on, uh, kar- uh, uh, on, kar- uh, not on ka- uh, Kaitain. That uh, the Hasik the Third Performing Arts Center that has acoustics like that. They say you can stand in one place and, like, a, a barest whisper can be heard like anywhere throughout the house. And that was my suggestion, was that the House Houdin actually designed it. Yes. Uh, would mm-hmm. be cool. So, yeah, that's,
1: like, fitting with some of uh, the established stuff. That's how they right. made their bones, and that's how they got to come to the big show here yeah, on Arrakis. What, yeah, wonderful. So, you know, you bring up a good point, uh, Nora. That's your other jam, is that you're spy masters? You're all about information and gathering and secrets. And so I think you all probably have a preternatural sense for something being out of place. And so Faro as you are looking through the hole and looking up at the guild navigator and just taking everything in, even though it seems like no one is paying attention to you, you know right now someone is watching you. Close by. And I slowly
0: step away, and um, as though I'm just kind of annoyed by something on my jacket, kind of turn around and see if I see who is watching me.
1: And you see A man bald wearing the colors of House Tylorus and as you meet his gaze you see that he has metal eyes whoa Uh. Whoa. he is a Gola Uh. let's talk about Golas real quick, Ross so a Gola
0: would be something that Pharos would know about but his Pharos that most people know, maybe not but uh, Golas are clones, basically. Genetically grown by the uh, Tlilaxu from scraps of the dead flesh of the dead person. They can regrow these uh, people um, in what they call axolotl tanks. Oh, they, cool. They emerge and they retain memories of, from their previous life, unlike a unlike a a, a, a test tube grown clone, so a gola will know what 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 their previous life was, or perhaps if they've been brought back many times, they would know all the previous lives. Or perhaps you could withhold that information from them, or implant information in them. They're a they're a, they're a very curious and dangerous unnatural thing. It is it is a it's less a clone as it is a the undead
1: almost yeah there's one very specific Gola in, in the novels uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah. and you know as a Tleilaxu who's in disguise as a human uh, seeing a Gola Tleilaxu they create the Golas this mm-hmm. is unnerving uh, yes he sees uh, you meet his gaze and uh, walk slowly towards you and says oh I'm sorry I I didn't mean to stare him. Um, my name is Ilgard Fane of House Tyloris. The oh. Duke instructed me to study the inner workings of your operation as it will soon fall under the purview of House Tylorus. And then Look. he cocks his head and is like, Something about you seems so familiar. Have we met before?
0: In the course of my aesthetic practice, I must confess I've been many places, but uh, I don't believe our paths have crossed before. I see so many people, you know, this. There, there are over a hundred chorus members in this opera alone, not to speak of the Five Loves of Zenobia or the, the Tragedy of Theodoric the Bashar, which we are staging in our season to come. But of course, if you are a member of House Dolores, then the backstage is as open to you as any one of us. The theater is a place of secrets, but we have no secrets amongst each other. Hmm?
1: Well, that is, that is good to know, and I thank you for the warm welcome. I, I do apologize uh, for thinking you were perhaps someone else. Uh, fragments of the life I lived before, or... Perhaps the lives I lived before, they echo through my mind from time to time. I almost feel like several other people's memories just intertwined with my own.
5: Hmm.
0: This is rather like what our performers describe. Having several other voices, (laughs) knocking around inside their heads. It must be quite, quite strange. Alas, I'm I'm not a performer. I I like to think of myself as more of a craftsman. seems as though you're the product
1: of some very interesting craftsmanship. Yes, indeed I was, uh, But I only remember so much about my former selves. I know I was a doctor. A doctor of the Souk School. Named Selex... Niles But they did not Rebuild me as such I am but a simple Accountant now An observer and recorder Of all things that I see These Eyes that they've given me are Quite good at watching I was given as a Gift in fact To House Tyloris But from who I know not I suppose some
0: would find find all of that confusion rather burdensome but uh, we who are the factotums of our lords how often we know and do only what we need to know and do
1: Yes. can I, can I assist you in any way Oh no, I don't mean to be a burden at all I was just watching your operation And I saw you And you seemed so familiar I assure you, I I must just have One of those faces As they say (laughs) Yes, yes, perhaps that is What it is This is the trouble with What I am Things get confusing Even though other things seem quite ordered. Ah. You s- you speak of this burden of knowledge. I understand that from a logical perspective, but not from an emotional perspective. They told me that I was murdered, and at least that's what the Tleilaxu told me, uh, the ones who created me, and they did not say who or why, but I don't care. That was the past, and I am not burdened by it. The way I look at it, it happened to another man, not mm. me. Do you know of the Bene Tleilax? Uh, only, dimly, I, I, I
0: confess that I... My my hands and thoughts are rather full with the apparatus you see about you to, to keep such things is what happens off our worlds and out of our myriad
1: productions within my ken but I have heard of them Oh yes and I'm sorry I don't I can see you're very busy and here I am uh, prattling on Um, perhaps we should speak uh, later about this I'm sure we'll be spending a, a great deal of time together now that our houses are joining assuming you are not made obsolete.
0: <laughs> I, I should hope, I should hope not. I've, I've acquired a certain amount of, uh, of, of skills in my time here at the household, and I think it's one's duty, if one truly practices your art well, to practice the art of being irreplaceable.
1: <laughs> yes, so perhaps that's what I saw, not someone familiar but something familiar. I look Uh, forward
0: to getting to know you more. Of course, someone who does their job well. (laughs) I can see that I'm speaking to a fellow traveler.
1: Yes. I'm sure we'll have much to say to one another. I look forward to our next conversation. And he peels off and walks away
0: and you see an underneath uh, the uh pharos's black garb occulted from every eye that may be working nearby his goosebumps
1: are rippling (laughs) up (laughs) and down his arms corin you're standing outside of the main opera box and you see this dashing man with a red cape black armor say he's like played by Michael B. Jordan ripped and he sees you and he just kind of turns the corner and stops and he's like my lady I had to see you with my own eyes the ex-Fremen warrior who is as deadly with her beauty as she is her blade well, met, uh, Corrin, is it?
2: It is. And while I say that my... the tales of my swords, uh, swordsmanship stretch far and wide, I would have to apologize that none have ever lived to actually tell the tales of my sword's
1: glory. Oh, well, no apologies necessary. That's how you know you're a good swordmaster. He kind of saunters towards you, bows. I am Dace Oren, uh, swordmaster of Ginaz, serving House Tylores. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, and he tries to grab your hand to kiss it.
2: Uh, She does not allow him to kiss her hand, she, he can take it and then as soon as he goes up to kiss her hand, she very quickly pulls away and as she pulls away that hand, she uh, very quickly brushes the flowy fabric on her hip to reveal the sword by her side.
1: And he doesn't miss a beat, he sees it. Ah, yes, a crisp knife at your hip. They say the Fremen never draw their blade without intending to spill blood. But, the way I hear it, you're no more Fremen than I am now, are you? You turned your back on your people out of what? Love? Lust?
2: Bold of you to assume I ever turned my back.
5: Well, people talk, I listen.
2: Perhaps if you weren't so concerned with rumor mills and the clucking of gossip, then perhaps you would be a better swordsman.
1: Well, <laughs> clearly word of my prowess has not reached you, but it I'm hasn't. Well, allow me to present myself. You know it's funny. They said you're a bit of a firecracker. I didn't think it would be true. I thought you'd be an easier nut to crack, but you are tough. Thing is, I imagined our new houses won't have room for two swordmasters to train the future heir of Tal's Tylorus. I've served my master very well for many years.
2: As have I.
1: Ah, yes, but I'm from the Ginaz school, not some backwater siege. What?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired! Is it insults you wish to throw at me?
1: Well, I like to spar with words as much as I do with the blade. Here's another for you. Do you have this job because of your skill with the blade or your skill at fucking the Duchess? (laughs) Oh, shit. Mm.
2: I can show you one, but I'm not interested in showing you the other.
1: Well, now, don't be too hasty, Uh, Madame Corin, or whatever you choose to be called. I do have to wonder, these rumors about you and the Duchess, I I can't imagine the, the Duke will be too pleased to have you around so close to her when she's married to young Dresden. I don't believe that's any
2: of your concern.
1: Well, I disagree. As the Swordmaster, it is my duty to protect the house.
2: And if you fail?
1: I haven't failed yet. But I have an offer for you. Say they let you go. Obviously choosing someone they've worked with for a long time... Would you perhaps have any interest in being my wife? Our child could be the greatest warrior, fighter in the galaxy. Do you make love as passionately as you spar with words?
2: What? <laughs> I do, but you would never see it.
1: <laughs> a political answer. I am a fighter. I try to stay out of politics because at least there, in fighting, the killing is honorable.
2: And uh, you see Corin slowly very slowly step towards this man. And she comes up beside him like she's going to whisper in his ear. And she kind of just smells from his clavicle up his neck to his ear.
1: He stiffens.
2: Comes forward and meets his eyes and says, "I would never stoop so low." <laughs> And she
1: backs off Hand on her sword He Nods Knowing he's been At least verbally pestered Starts to back off Well Enjoy your Last few days as Swordmaster And keep in mind my offer I'll Save a dance for you At the wedding feast (laughs) If he lifts it. Twirls his cape, and he walks off. <laughs> At this moment
0: on stage, uh, the the evil harem master, uh, the Eunuch Nostromo, has just been killed by by the, uh, by, the, by, the, by, the by the wonderful young lover, um, um, uh, Pericles, who uh, risks his his uh, lady love up. And they are now uh, escaping, having found felicity in the Seraglio, and uh, a, a marriage is occurring on stage, presided over by the personification of love, and <laughs> and um, everybody is floating around in this beautiful tableau of uh, of uh, gorgeous uh, connubial
5: bliss. And then the shower scene, <laughs> <laughs> like from
1: Flashdance. Yes, yes. Ah. I whispered
3: to my young lord, "What do you call a?" The son of a duke.
1: You son of a duke? You son of a (laughs) duke. Duke. There will be Uh, many plans to
3: be made. Uh, Will we have such festivities? Who from amongst our houses will be kept? And who will not?
1: It is something that has concerned me as well, my lady, but I. I look forward to hearing your judgment on these things. I truly believe this to be a, a union of our houses. I am not your master, no more than you are mine.
3: Well, that is to be seen. The latter, of course. I have been ruling my house since I was younger than you are now, and I believe I know a thing or two about what is a desirable trait in, in one who serves. I look forward to these conversations
1: as well. As do I. As do I. And maybe there's a moment there. You're like, maybe this kid isn't the worst.
3: I am wary. This is not something I want to do. This is something I have to do. It, it, he speaks as if he's someone well beyond his ears. Mm-hmm. So I am confused because he hasn't offended me yet.
1: Right. You're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corin uh, this as Desareen leaves where's your mental space yeah, did you assume that like there was a possibility you would get let go who is this guy like what is going on
2: she is furious that he would have <laughs> the audacity to propose to her after being insulted and her job threatened and she's ready to fight but is keeping her calm because she is not about to be bested and let uh, her emotions get in the way.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're duty bound. Well, back on stage, I imagine uh, as time passes and all these conversations happen, we start to reach the climactic moments Mm -hmm. uh, in this piece. uh, Yeah, the actual wedding wedding
0: feast occurs. It's a hugely happy ending. Uh, It's uh, the, it turns out that the uh, that the father of uh, Felicity was in fact not dead and uh, has has washed up to shore. It's it's w- one of those absurd like like restoration endings where every like every everyone comes Everyone's. back. Yeah, um,
2: their chorus line. At the end. A
0: cor- except in this case, it's like a chorus spiral up the up the up the center of the. Oh, uh, I love
3: that! I love the use um, of suspensers. Of, of, oh, uh, of the of
0: the of the opera house, and, and the, of glow it's glow being glow. sung by by a uh, basso soprano, a um someone within who has cultivated such intense control over their. Uh, vocal chords that they can both pr- produce bass notes and soprano notes and can do incredible runs up and down this, the uh, the limits of the human voice and uh, and now it's snowing on stage
5: also.
3: This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> oh, my snow. favorite part. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love this. So the the, the hero that everyone thought died comes back, and the chorus comes and erupts, and it's they're belting this Carmina Burana-esque song, and and even with the perfect acoustics of this space, it's loud, and it's overpowering. It's so loud, in fact, that Duchess Houdin, you're wrapped up in it, and you don't notice uh, that Dresden is coughing. He's like... (laughs) And maybe uh, Aurelius, you notice that his like shoulders are jumping. you um, don't think too much of it, but then he starts to like uh, his head comes down, and he's really like <laughs> like hacking and and beating at his chest. Um, at I first, think at that I don't point, know, I yeah. yeah, at that point when he starts beating <laughs> his chest, and maybe you're like this is rude. You know, there's like, there's a yeah. way to behave in the theater. I thought this kid was better, but then you see that, uh, he's like grasping at his oh, throat no. and his parents are looking down at the stage. But by now, Aurelius, I, I'm assuming you I see this. I stand and I
3: call to Aurelius. And I think that alerts his parents as the entire box and people at stage might start noticing the second I stand up that, uh, and I, have called to them to stop.
1: Yeah, and so you, you yell down in the box next to you but the chorus is so loud nobody can hear you nobody can hear you over the din and the darkness uh, and so you're yelling and he's just like beating in his chest his parents rush over and the mother is like screaming like "Get!" and you can't even hear the words get some help get some help and, 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 and he stands up and he's trying to like pull his shirt open and you see that his neck is completely blue and it's starting to turn his face blue as well and he's feebly like trying to rip Away at the collar, and as he does so, he like ah, stumbles oh. backwards and falls out of the opera box. Oh, and, god. Uh, oh my god! And falls all the way to the stage, a hundred feet down, and mm. lands impaled on one of the spears oh. that one of the uh, Greek chorus members had on stage, and just boom, 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 boom and falls down. Now people start screaming when they see this, and the whole show stops. Some people are still singing, but it takes them a second to realize what's happening. Guards rush the stage, Tyloris guards, Houdin guards, but they're overwhelmed by Harkonnen guards, and together the Harkonnens and the Tylorises pull the body off the stage. The Duke and the Duchess rush out of the box, I assume heading in the direction of their son, who has just plummeted to his death. I've what do you do?
2: I immediately run... Towards my lady to protect her, in all and of this, and I pull Aurelius in uh, as the three of us huddle.
1: Ferris, where are you? Um, you, think, you're uh, standing there watching this. as you see? So oh no lights, lights,
0: and uh, like as, as lights come on, I attempt to uh think I might vault up out of the out of out from backstage and like like pushing people out of the way to get to the, the, the crumpled
1: body of uh, of Dresden. Yeah, and you see them pull it away before you can even get to it, and you're like a salmon swimming upstream. You can see the body, you see him there, you see blood, you see his blue skin, and you're just, you're pulled away, and they take the body away.
3: I could have stopped it. I, I was going to stop it. I was going to see. He's been poisoned. Who could have done this, Aurelius?
5: Nadia hey, I do not know. This is... Uh, uh, say nothing. Don't, don't talk to the cops.
2: <laughs> should we run? I think it's best that we get out of this. The people are riled up. We, sh- we shouldn't stay here.
5: Yes, you're right, of course. If we can, we should go.
2: Will it bring guilt and blame
3: upon our house? Should we disappear? In the scene of such a heinous crime, I was the only
2: one that saw his reaction. He was poisoned, most definitely. Well, if this is a coup and anybody's... There are others with blades. We should get you out of here. We can't go anywhere with that, Pharos. Right?
0: Um, and uh, I think maybe at that point I'm like uh, uh, charging up the... Like again, like again, salmon upstream, like up, up, upstairs, and uh, like his guards are like holding him back. It's me, you fool! It's me, uh, and like kind of, you uh, know, like <sighs> there's nothing for it, my lady. You struck down.
3: I go to the wall behind my opera seat and I push on it because naturally we have built in an exit through the walls of the theater that. No one except for the innermost circles of house Houdin would know of.
0: Okay. Um, and I and I will catch your eye and it's like, um I will s- I will see if I can learn who is here. And I will turn away from this little uh, little as you as you go into this aperture in the wall.
4: Also, I think Aurelius I think I might I'm, I should stay behind to kind of manage the PR of the situation. I think that might be where I would be best used, even though he hates leaving the the other, the rest of the inner circle. Like in this moment, I think I think he would have to stay to kind of put a spin on this or something.
1: I love this. So Pharos right. is turning to watch as the Duchess and Corin. Uh, open up this aperture to try and get out of there and Aurelius is probably just rattling through uh, how to what to say and all of a sudden the doors burst open and three Harkonnen guards come in with weapons drawn
3: before we had a chance to go yeah, into you're the log like,
1: you're halfway through the wall and they come in and then suddenly there's just this tall figure that slowly walks in and it's Fenton Quill the Harkonnen dignitary that was in attendance tonight. (laughs) Uh, Lady Houdin, where are you off to in such a hurry?
3: My future partner's life was taken. I thought mine might be threatened as well. My master of guard was to take me to a place of safety... As I suggest we do for you as well. Lord Quill, would you please... And I gesture towards the aperture in the wall.
1: Oh, that is very kind, uh, Lady Houdin, and I appreciate the sentiment, but our Harkonnen guards will keep us safe. It is a good thing that I was in attendance this evening. I do apologize that you will not have time to grieve for your partner... But under the authority of Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, you and your people here will be detained for questioning with regards to the murder of Dresden Tyloros. And we'll see you next week. Oh man! Jesus, man. Baby! Wow! Wheels within wheels, wow. within wheels. Gotta get past up, Troy. the banisters and yeah, the... Yeah, that was
4: that's awesome. We're in it. That folks. was not what I expected. That's and really killed great. my
3: sweet young lover to be. He seemed yeah. like a cool guy.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: I was about to kiss his lips and taste the poison and make an antidote in my own body before you shoved yeah. him over the edge.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all happened so quick. We'll see you next week for episode two. Everybody, what's gonna happen now? <laughs> <sighs>
0: Spice must flow. that's, right, that's up. <laughs>